North Carolina once again struggles to put away an opponent, and the result is the fifth loss in the last six games. Moreover, the Tar Heels NCAA tournament hopes are officially on life support. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's February 20th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us on what is the only daily North Carolina show out there. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates faster and more efficiently by making open by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences needed help you achieve your goals in 2023 post your job free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply coming up on the show i'll have my four corners recap of the game the shady stat of the game as well as kind of a tour of north carolina's athletics this weekend the women got a victory this weekend and multiple other sports are in action but first North Carolina falls at NC State 77 to 69. The Tar Heels are now 16 and 11 overall and an even 508 and 8 in the ACC. Carolina drops to ninth in the conference standings. And here it is yet again, another example of a game that Carolina could have, dare I say should have, won that they couldn't figure out how to do. This game was tied at 60, six minutes to go. And at that point, NC State uses a 9-0 run across about 90 seconds to take control of that tie game and put it essentially out of reach down the stretch. Here's my thing. The problem isn't right there. The problem isn't Carolina letting NC State do that, taking control of the game. Carolina should have taken care of business earlier so that that run doesn't matter. So many examples this season, so many, whether it's closing stretches of the first half, whether it's a lapse like this one somewhere in the second half, um, so many examples of the inability to put an opponent away. And, and that's what good, excuse me, that's what elite teams are able to do that Carolina has not been able to. Let's even go back a few minutes before that 60 all tie. North Carolina leads 54 to 48, 10 minutes to go. They had survived NC State's like surge to start the game, the the emotional surge that you knew would come because of everything that happened in the last game that we've unpacked ad nauseum. Carolina had survived their first half turnover fest. Um, I mean, they weren't putting on a basketball clinic by any stretch of the imagination, but they were doing enough to have moved out to what felt like a decently comfortable lead. Once again, this is a moment where strong teams, winning teams, keep pushing out, moving that six-point lead to a 10, 12, 15, whatever it may be. (laughs) So what happens at that point when Carolina has that six-point lead with 10 to go? Leakey gets a rebound, uh, outlets to Caleb Love, um, gets to the rim, pushes, and can't convert. Baycott in the rebounding option, is whistled for an offensive foul. State misses again. Turnover in transition from uh, from Caleb to Puff. 
Um, the tr- turnover was credited to Puff Johnson, but yeah, there's some blame both sides. Then on the next possession, NC State, their first turnover of the game. Carolina has a third opportunity to extend the six-point lead, and RJ misses a mid-range jumper. At that point, even before that 9-0 run, NC State goes on a 7-0 run to come back and capture the lead by one at this point. And all that then leads up to a couple minutes later when NC State goes on that 9-0 run. So two separate 7-0 runs or more in the second half, just as Carolina is not able to build momentum, not able to make shots, which is one of the just simple and easy issues, not easy, but simply explained issues that's happening. Carolina is just not hitting shots. But all of this is a moment for me to remind us once again for the approximately 87th time this season. It's not about the ability to execute or not execute in these tight, late game moments. Now, obviously you want to execute in those moments, but my bigger point is this. It's about executing earlier in the game so that you don't have to be concerned with what happens here. You don't have to face these late game moments where it's kind of do or die at this point. Particularly, this is true on the road in in an environment where Carolina has struggled all season. You want to give yourselves that cushion so that when that run comes from the home team who's emotional, as you know it will, you're able to weather that storm. Well, Carolina hadn't provided themselves that cushion. Here's a couple examples, a couple reasons why not. Let's take a look at those first half turnovers that I referenced. In the first half, North Carolina had eight turnovers. NC State, zero. NC State had 12 points off of Carolina's eight turnovers. Obviously, Carolina had zero points off of NC State's zero turnovers. So let's say Carolina is able to cut those even in half, both the the turnovers and the points off of them. That is a six-point, like, six fewer points for NC State might've even netted some more points offensively for Carolina if they had held on to the ball. But even if nothing changes on the NC State side, even if Carolina doesn't score off of holding the ball more, if you just cut down four of those turnovers and six of the points, so half the turnovers, half the points, instead of going to the locker room down one, you're going to the locker room up five. That is a big difference on the road. (laughs) Or perhaps what about not going after DJ Burns to get him in foul trouble. Carolina um, clearly has the ability to do that. Although, you know, fewer guys in the post where, you know, NC state's just running this parade of guys at Mondo Um, really nobody outside of Armando is able to um, body DJ Burns. And even then Burns kind of had his way in this game, but um, why not go after him to get him in more foul trouble as happened in the first game, get him off the court, And then not that you're golden, but you're in infinitely better shape on both ends of the court. Or similarly, why not play through Armando Baycott more, which was what we were told after the Miami game was going to be the focus of this week. Caleb, or excuse me, um, Armando was still not the team leader in, in field goal attempts or touches, things of that nature. Why, why? Why is the ACC preseason player of the year not leading his team in field goal attempts game after game after game after game? We should be sick of hearing Armando Baycott has the ball again. Another Armando Baycott field goal attempt. Now, I know he's not going to hit them all, 
but you feel better about that than you do Carolina chucking up threes all game long, as has often been the case this year. Or uh, another thing that could have helped earlier in the game is, remember, this is, we're talking about issues where Carolina didn't have to be in those late game tough spots because they could have done things earlier to put themselves in better position. And the last one I want to mention is the, the lack of mental toughness we've seen at, not at times, throughout this year, right? Um, we just talk about mental mistakes, physical mistakes you can live with. I know you're not going to hit every shot you take. I know whatever, you know, but mental mistakes, that's just not going to work. Multiple examples of it in this game. And I'll even mention several um, that weren't necessarily even just like, I didn't know the play Um, at, at Caleb loves um, press conference before the game on Friday, you know, just kind of joking around and stuff. And he had said, I wouldn't even say it's a rivalry. It's just another game. And, and he wasn't saying that in terms of like, Hey, we just have to treat this like any other game. He was saying like, they're not our rivals. We're above that. Um, clearly NC state heard it and took it to heart and used it because coach Keats, uh, referenced it in his post game press conference. He w- he had been asked about something about how NC state had beaten Carolina in multiple things this academic season. And at the end of that comment, coach Keats said, and plus it's not a rivalry, right? So why would I care? And the, like both these guys knew it, like Caleb meant exactly what he said. And coach Keats was absolutely referencing back to that. The, the smile on his face, the chuckle in the room. It was clear that that was a very intentional thing. Why, why on earth is Caleb poking the bear when, when Carolina has no, should not be poking any bears. They should be running between the bears. Um, another lack of mental toughness that exhibited itself in this game that hurt Carolina um, was Caleb Love being whistled for a technical foul for for complaining, whining to the referees. Like, you just just play basketball, and and that's to everyone, right? Like, no, you are not going to help yourself in any way by complaining to officials. Just play the game, play the game. Or another example of this lack uh, or these mental mistakes, lack of mental toughness was there was a play very early in the game where um, Armando blocked DJ Burns shot and corralled the ball, but then like kept walking with it inbounds, like to kind of basically intimidate Burns, but it turned into a turnover because he traveled like you, you don't have that margin. Those two points or three points that Carolina could have had on the other end would have been a big deal, big deal. Like the Carolina has to be more locked in mentally from the jump because doing the, the little things in the first half set you up for success in the second and Carolina, multiple examples. We've just talked about here of their inability to do that in this game. Well, coming up in just a second, I want to give you our four corners recap of the game. Plus the shady stat of the game. I know you're looking forward to it. Four things that, excuse me, were, were big factors in this game. We'll do that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences that you're looking for to achieve those goals. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract and identify the most qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools and then connecting with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications, all there on one platform. You want to achieve business goals in 2023, and the right new team member might help you do exactly that. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get right into our four corners recap from Carolina's loss at NC State. Number one, four corners recap. What changed? We heard from Coach Davis Monday after, after the Miami loss that, things have to change. We've got to spend the week figuring out what we're going to do to get Mondo the ball more. We got to figure out what we're doing to open up the offense. We got to figure out, you know, these types of things. And there were, there were some subtle things, but really nothing mind blowing. Uh, Going back to Caleb Love's press conference on, on Friday, he was like, yeah, I mean, spacing, we're going to do that, you know? And so uh, I think I've said this before about coach Davis, but it's like, you, you don't have to promise anything there, right? Like it, you don't have to put yourself in a box that you're not going to deliver on. And so if you're going to make promises to deliver some big changes, do it. If you're not, just don't say anything. Just don't put yourself in that position. But again, there were some clear things that happened. For example, Carolina has struggled in transition this year for some reason, um, even with, with multiple, multiple talented and quick guards. They just don't get out and go. Um, and I don't know if that's a thing from practice where they're not working on it in some of the similar ways. I don't know if it's Coach Davis intentionally reining them in. But one of the things they did in this game was utilize a Kendall Marshall-esque pitch ahead, right? Kendall Marshall was so good at that. He'd receive an outlet from a big and boom, find somebody streaking down the court. There were some great, like, with twice within like the first six, seven minutes of the game. There was one where Caleb got an outlet pitch ahead to Leaky for a dunk. Another one where Leaky got a pitch ahead to Mondo for a dunk. And there's a third one too, that um, I'm not remembering right now, but that was great. Uh, We didn't quite see enough of it, but that was great. Um, Spacing. I mentioned that that was one of the things Caleb talked about that Carolina wanted to do. And it seems like spacing is, is decent. The problem is, um, defenders sagging off leaky Pete or you know if 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 you're not hitting from three I don't need to guard you and so I mean nothing big or major change there I mean there were there were some moments where um, Mondo came out um, closer to the top of the key to get the ball to get himself moving towards the rim Um, we we saw a couple of that but not with much consistency Um, there were certainly no personnel changes in terms of the starting lineup. I think a lot of people expected that to happen. Even people uh, heard several underground things that were like, Hey, I'm hearing Puff Johnson's going to start today for Pete. Well, we never heard anything official on that and it clearly didn't happen. So there's that. Um, Interestingly, I mean, in, in something of a personnel change, only eight guys played in this game. There was no DeMarco Dunn. There was no Jalen Washington. Um, 
and yet RJ Davis played all 40 minutes. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't get that. I, I don't know what it is about no Jalen. Why, why no Jalen Washington in this game? That doesn't seem to make much sense to me. <laughs> and so all of this type of, and interestingly though, DeMarco Dunn's name is in the box score, but it says zero minutes. So maybe he got on the court for a couple seconds and I just missed it. If you saw it, um, anybody who's watching or listening, let me know on that. Um, but all that to say, it makes it seem like what coach was saying was just a bunch of talk and there, there really wasn't much change that was um, that took place or was affected. Number two in our four corners recap. Once again, Leaky Black was the most impactful player in this game for the Tar Heels, and that's on both ends of the court. Cravion Smith, phenomenal, phenomenal player right there at the top of the ACC in scoring. Leaky held him to just 12 points on five of 16 shooting, 0 of four from three. And when I say just 12 points, I mean that, uh, you know, that's under Turquavion's season average in scoring. But then not only is Leaky doing that type of stuff, he had nine points, eight rebounds, two assists, one block, and just one turnover, all of that in 38 minutes of play. And so he's been consistently delivering those types of numbers, like just shy of double-double numbers for quite a few games now. And so Leaky Black, most impactful player in this game. Number three on our Four Corners recap, though, Carolina, while they were able to hold Terquavion Smith down, had no answers for a couple other guys. As you know, Jarkel Joyner had 29 points. DJ Burns really started to assert himself in the second half, had 18. Even Mondo wasn't stopping him. Um, Burns just got the better of Carolina on, on Sunday, unlike the first matchup. But here's the interesting thing. You had those two guys doing a lot of stuff. Only five different players scored for NC State. And one of those was Jack Clark, who had just six, meaning only four players scored 71 of 77 of NC State's points. You just cannot let a team do that to you. If you've got, it's like, hey, we can hone in on these four guys because no one else is beating us. Well, you've essentially taken Terquavion Smith out of the um, equation, at least in terms of what he typically does. So other guys have to own that well and be defensive stoppers better. No answer for some other guys, and, and that cost Carolina dearly. And then number four in our four, four corners recap, I thought Carolina missed the, the chance to utilize other opportunities. If your main thing isn't working, like if your guards aren't aren't delivering, if, if Mondo's not being as efficient, Caleb was seven for 17 with four turnovers. RJ was two of 13 from the field, one of six, from three, Caleb shot better from three, um, had a couple makes down the stretch to make those numbers better. Um, but uh, we said it earlier, you got to operate through Armando more. Still, I'm just going to keep hammering that dead horse home. But but a couple different tweaks Carolina could have used in this game particular. Why not use Pete Nance to post up Greg Gant, who was guarding him, and Pete had a multiple inch advantage over him. Or, or better yet, use Leaky to post up Casey Morsell, who was guarding Leaky, which is like a five, six inch advantage. That Carolina went to that once, um, like pound that, make them stop you, utilize other opportunities. I'd love to see some more of that. Just, just try unorthodox things. The orthodox things aren't working. Let's just try stuff. I thought that's what was going to happen in this game. There just wasn't enough of it. And then finally, the shady stat 
of the game. We already talked about turnover and points off in the first half, but let's look at it whole game because I think this kind of tells the story. Carolina had 13 turnovers after they've been down in the single digits quite a bit lately. NC State only had three. They didn't commit a turnover until the final quarter of the game. Their first turnover came with nine minutes and 26 seconds left. So they played 30 minutes of turnover-less basketball to start the game. And State finished with 16 points off of those turnovers. Carolina, just three. That is a big differential in this game. Got to value the ball better and got to be able to get some points off of that. Well, coming up to wrap up today's show, we're going to recap the women's victory over Wake Forest on Sunday. A weekend roundup, so many teams in action, some wins, some losses, great stuff always. And we'll get to that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year, although I'm not doing well at that so far. If you're like me where you want to eat healthier and you don't want to compromise taste, then Built Bar is for you. Because with Built Bar, healthy is actually tasty. What makes it so good? Well, for starters, they cover their bars in 100% real chocolate, and they have phenomenal flavors like churro or peanut butter brownie. Great stuff. And, and I don't know how Built does it, but they always make it taste so good while maintaining really good macros. For example, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and yet a whopping 17 grams of protein. Perhaps best of all, now you don't have to wait around for an order to come from Built.com because you can run on down to Walmart or Sam's Club to pick up a box or a big bulk box at Sam's Club. So make sure you do that today. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Built Bar a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. Well, women pick up a victory on Sunday, 71-58 over Wake Forest. They are now 19-8 on the season, 10-6 in the ACC, where they now move into a sixth-place tie with the Miami Hurricanes. Honestly, this is a much-needed win for Carolina, who had lost three of their last four, including themselves losing at NC State back on Thursday. Um, just a couple games left in the regular season now. Senior night coming up against Virginia Tech on Thursday. So Carolina is going to have to do some work there. Here's a quick four corners recap of that game, and then we'll take a little tour around Chapel Hill. Number one, Carolina held the Demon Deacons to just six points in the third quarter of this game. They've had some other quarters like that, like Duke had just five points in the first quarter in that first matchup. But uh, man, for Carolina to, to do that in the third quarter as, as the game's going, or you know, kind of already underway, I, like I get the Duke thing because they're kind of getting warmed up, getting going. But with this one, a uh, team coming out of halftime, uh, Carolina already has a four point lead and then just boom, expands it. Uh, I believe it was a 6 0 run to start the second half. Great stuff, holding Wake Forest to just six third quarter points. And we know how good Carolina has been in the third quarter this year. Great stuff there. Number two on our four corners recap. Gotta, gotta have to need it big time. Gotta have Alyssa Uspi and Eva Hodgson back healthy and playing. It has been great in this stretch to get more experience for the likes of Kayla McPherson and Paulina Paris, more, more playing time, but you really 
really need these veterans, especially down the stretch. I'm I'm hearing whispers in the wind that that they're both close to a return and hopefully that is true because carolina will need these ladies big time in the postseason and we are very very close to that for the tar heels uh just just two again just two regular season games left virginia tech and duke well um number three on the four corners recap Deja Kelly and Kennedy Todd Williams were two veterans that were in this game. They combined for 34 points, 24 of those coming from Deja Kelly. Impressive stuff from the ladies. But I bring them up because even more importantly, perhaps, the twosome combined for 11 of Carolina's 18 assists. And to get that kind of not only scoring production, but also um, creating scoring opportunities for teammates like that, is so important to get from your most dominant players because then it's not just like if I'm a defense, I can't just hone in on Deja scoring. I have to account for how she involves her teammates. Incidentally, that 18 total assists is a season high for Carolina in ACC play. Fourth point of our four corners recap. North Carolina shot over 50%, just barely, but they did, while also holding Wake Forest under 40%. Just barely, but they did. Carolina shot 50.8%, 30 of 59, while holding Wake Forest to 39.6% shooting at 19 out of 48. And anytime you can have like that level of discrepancy in field goal percentage, you're typically going to be in good shape as the Tar Heels were in this one. Great work, ladies. Excited for senior night coming up on Thursday. All right, let's take a quick tour around uh, Chapel Hill. We won't get in depth on any of these other sports as of yet, but just want to keep you abreast of everything that's happening. Baseball. Opening day was on Friday versus Seton Hall. The Tar Heels are ranked 12th in the nation and unfortunately fell on opening day. Lost on Friday, took a lead into the eighth inning, 8-7, but then gave up a three spot in the eighth and Seton Hall ended up winning 10-8. The good news, though, is Carolina took care of business on Saturday and Sunday, 11-2 and 4-2, so wound up winning the series. Always, you know, that's the goal. You want to win series, series after series, and just keep stacking them, but You would have loved to have swept uh, your opening series. They'll keep going, and it will be great. Sticking with uh, the same sport, softball had the ACC Big Ten Challenge this weekend, beat Minnesota, swept them on Friday and again on Saturday, two out of two, but then turned around and lost two to Maryland, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. So the ladies split four games this weekend. You might recall the women's tennis team won that fourth straight ITA Indoor National Championship a couple weekends ago, while the men participated in their version of it, getting to that final round. They've already had the the kickoff of it, went through that and won, and so now had kind of that uh, going to the actual national championship bracket there in Chicago this year. Unfortunately, the Tar Heels lost on Friday to USC in the first round. They'll get back at it and get back on the horse. Great stuff there. Uh, wrestling's unfortunately been in a little bit of a skid lady uh, lately. Excuse me, fell to. Uh, you're going to get tired of me saying this, but NC State on Friday, a lot of losing to NC State this week, unfortunately. Uh, both lacrosse teams were in action this weekend. The men's team lost at Ohio State on Sunday, 5-8, to eight, but that women's team, Number one in the nation, knocked off number seven, Florida, on Saturday, 12 to five. The ladies are three and oh, and they keep it going. Great stuff. That's just a little, um, little 
reaction to what's been going around around Chapel Hill this weekend. Obviously, always lots more going on, more in depth we can be, and we will certainly do that as other sports wrap up. Well, friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Man, I know it's tough. I know it's another uh, therapy session for all of us coming out of all these losses, but uh, four games left in the regular season. Hold on, and maybe there's light at the end of this tunnel. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. You can email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Go ahead and get those Heels of the Week nominations in. We'll have them on Friday. Our good, our Heel of the Week, and our bad, our Heel of the Week. Send me those nominations. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, smash the like button, and leave some good comments and for your next listen check out our brand new podcast on locked on network locked on college basketball we're getting into this home stretch and myself and andy Patton, my co-host bring you everything you need to know on and off the court from around the college basketball landscape locked on college basketball available on youtube and anywhere else you get podcasts hey thanks so much for hanging out with me on a monday even after another unfortunate loss They're going to do it. you got to have faith that they will get some more victories this season. But I want to remind you that even when things are looking bleak, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel, right? Until tomorrow, peace.